2 Timothy 2.2. Hear now the, the word of God. You have heard me teach many things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Teach these great truths to trustworthy people who are able to pass them on to others. This is the word of God for the people of God. A couple years ago, some fiend among you suggested to me when I was looking for ideas for a Finding God series, you said to me, why don't you look for God in teenage driving school? And he said, you got excited by the idea, I won't say who this was, and this person said, or better yet, do a ride-along with a teen driver. And I'm a crazy person, so I said, that sounds amazing. That would be rich for finding God in an unexpected place. And so I went to our local teen driving school, and I said, I'm a pastor, and I would like to ride along with a teenage driver. And you know what they said? Absolutely not. (laughs) You can sit in on a class, which I did, and I, I mean, that would have been a boring sermon. So I just decided I would grow my own teenage driver. Just a little bit of patience and some time, and I would have my own. And then I could go with this teenage driver their very first time out. This would be my daughter, Anna, and I could tell you where I found God. But knowing that this sermon series was looming in a couple of years, right, I decided to prep. And what, our, what my husband and I did is we got a golf cart. Kind of cheating, right? Get a little old beat-up golf cart and take the kids on it in the neighborhood. And then we'd let them drive on the golf course. And then once they got good enough, we'd let them drive in the neighborhood. And there was a lot of, (gasps) right, the brake, the gas, you know, like, stop, you're going too fast. Teaching them how to look left, right, left, the rules of the road. We even put in a little rear view mirror so that we would make them check their rear view mirror. So here's what we thought. We thought, you know, with two years of golf cart driving now, Anna is a whiz at the golf cart. Like, she goes, takes it on her own to do babysitting in the neighborhood, and there are parents who say, Anna, you can take my kids on a golf cart because you are such an amazing driver, right? So I was naive, and I was smug, okay? I'm going to admit it. Because I thought, what is an SUV but a golf cart? writ large. Anna is crushing it on the golf cart. She is going to crush it as a driver. And unfortunately, then I won't have anything to preach about for this sermon either, right? Because it'll just be the peace and satisfaction of a job well done. Naive, remember? So one week before, a couple weeks before Anna's birthday, she was having a bad week. And Her dad and I are talking about, like, what can we do that would cheer her up, that would remind her about the good things in life? And we both looked at each other and we're like, we know it. We're going to let her drive for the first time, right? This will lift her spirits. This will imbue her with confidence, and she will be so excited. And so we took her to Torchy's Tacos because behind High Five, that lot, in my experience, is always deserted up until this day. And so we take her to tacos, and we're like, baby, already tacos are helping. We're like, baby, we got a surprise for you. You're going to drive mom's SUV. Oh, she's over the moon. She's delighted. Look at the kid. She's, you know, she's ready. She's, she nailed the golf cart, remember? So I had 
the intuition to pull the car out of the parking space, right? To back it out and pull it around, kind of pull it to the side of Torchy's, where she's got to drive through some cars, but then we're going to be over to High Five. It's going to be amazing. So picture us, naive, naive. Windows rolled down, beautiful spring day, everybody's smiling. I'm going to look for God, but I don't know if I'm going to find God, right? And I say to Kevin, who's in the back seat, because this is going to be fine, film this so we can always remember it. (laughs) No, you will not see the film of that drive today. You may talk to Anna, and, deci- and she can decide if she will let you see it, but she has said no. It is very gracious of her to let me tell you the story which she has given. But notice she is not here, okay? <laughs> so, and mostly, we'll get to this, but this is on me, mostly. So she pulls out, smoothish, right? goes through the cars, and I realize I'm a little more nervous than I thought I would because she's a little more nervous than I thought she would be, but I keep telling myself, she rocks it on the golf cart. The pedals are the same, right? So she makes a smoothish left turn, and we're coming up to a stop sign, okay? Then she's going to take a right and be behind high five where there have never been any cars before, right? So I say to my beloved darling, you're going to need to stop. And Anna looks at me and says, how? (laughs) It's the same as the golf cart. The pedals are the same. You've been driving a golf cart for two years. I was not expecting this. And so I, you know I have words, right? All I needed to do was say, Anna, it's the pedal on the left. That's the brake. Apply it. We've got plenty of time. But all I could say was, stop. Anna, stop. And Anna hits the gas. Okay, so it's not terrible, but it's not great. And I look over where there should be no cars because I'm doing left, right, left. There's nobody to the left. There's a granny coming to the right. And she has no clue that we in this silver SUV have just hit the gas instead of the brake. And I'm thinking, we're going to get T-boned. The first time we're going to get T-boned. And so instead of giving instruction that would help, I repeat my emphatic, stop! Okay, at this point, Anna, I'm not kidding, hits the wipers and the blinker for a left-hand turn. So now the wipers are going and the blinker, and I actually said, not the blinker, stop! And Kevin now has thrown the phone and is screaming in Anna's ear, stop, Anna, which is not helping. And we're through the intersection, and I realize not only could we get hit, maybe she'll avoid us because she's going slowly, but we could, there's actually a barricade with a ravine. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I never had because I never thought I was going to crash through it. But at this moment, I was like, we're, we're going to crash through this barricade. We're going to be in that ravine behind high- We're going to die, right? I'm like, Anna, stop, stop. And you know what I started doing? <laughs> the brake on my side wasn't working, though. <laughs> well, at that point, God intervened, and Anna tried the other pedal, and she brought us to a stop. 
We were two-thirds of the way through the intersection. We had not yet crashed into the barrier. That was amazing. And we, she was, we were all wide-eyed and sweating, like, oh, my gosh. And the little old lady <laughs> in the car <laughs> who has stopped, about three feet from our car, so good defensive driving on her part, she looks at me and she's like, go ahead, sweetie. No, you need to go around us. Anna, put the car in park, right? So we have the car in park, and we're all just sitting there. And I found God. <laughs> I did. I found God as we were all crying and sweating and wide-eyed and thinking, what the heck just happened there? I found God in the need to be a better teacher something I had clearly just failed to do. And once we stopped shaking and I could get out of the car, and y'all, don't be terrified of Anna. That was my fault. She's a good driver now, mostly, you know. Give, give her some room. She knows gas and brake. And she told me later, I said, we gas and brake, and she said I couldn't see them like I could on the golf cart. Can't see them. So I started having to think of all the things. Like, I know how to drive, right? You guys, you know how to drive? I mean, your spouse may not think so, but you know, right? <laughs> we know how to drive, but to teach it to another person, that's a whole other thing. You start realizing everything you take for granted and everything you need to teach and all the skills that this person needs to know to be able to drive an SUV. And God began to speak to me and say, you know, that's a very democratic process here in the U.S., right? Like we, some of y'all are really wise, and you pay someone to teach your child, right? Some of you have come up to me and said, pay someone. It's, but most of Anna's friends are, are taught by her, their parents. And how did you learn? I bet it was with your dad or your mom or your grandpa or something, right? And a lot of, stop, right? Don't kill my car. And it was with a standard, right? Yeah, because mine was on a hill. It was crazy. But see, the state trusts all of us with our driving records and our speeding tickets, if you have them, or whatever it is you have, or your perfect driving record. The state trusts us to teach our kids. And someday, the state will trust Anna to teach her kids what she learned from me. And as I prayed about that, I prayed about it a lot after that experience because I needed to level up. God said, it's like that in the faith. That God has always chosen ordinary people, his people, to teach their generation, the next generation, about the faith. And so step one is that we have to learn it, and we have to figure it out. And some, some point, while we're still in step one, God says to us, there's another person who is just starting out. They've only ever driven a golf cart, and they need to learn what it means to be a follower of me and what it means to be forgiven and how it is that you let guilt go and how it is you pray or how does God heal. They need to learn that. And guess who God is calling? You. It's very democratic in God's kingdom. You are the teachers of this generation. And you think about the disciples, how Jesus chose them, just in case you're not convinced, in case you think it really should be like my job, right? And it, it is mine, but also yours. Um, Jesus, in picking the disciples, every Jewish boy at that time, it was just for boys, went through Torah school. 
So Torah school is like a Sunday school. And the Jewish boys, they got the basic level of knowledge about the Bible and about the big stories of the faith. And then they, most of them did pretty okay at that. And then they went on to a profession like fishing or like being a builder or whatever, a mason. But some, one of those little boys maybe in every class in every city would be really good. And that little boy would go to the next level and learn the next, you know, the, the new depth of God's stories. And then out of that regional group, then one would maybe go up a little higher to the next one. So if you kept going up and up and up, you would become a religious scholar or a scribe or a Pharisee. And when Jesus goes to pick 12 people who will be the foundation of everything that's to come, 12 people who will teach their generation, he doesn't pick from up here. He picks the ones with the Sunday school education and says, I trust you to teach this generation about me. I trust you. And they had to be terrified. They were. The Bible tells us they were terrified. But they also knew that Jesus trusted them, and they had the Holy Spirit. And so they went out, and they taught people. And first it was a few people, and then it was the next town, and they're teaching those people. And then you're, they're saying, okay, now you have to teach the next people. And, then, and the faith spread to their nation and then nations beyond it because people with a Sunday school education were called by Jesus, and they changed the world. And you guys, the work isn't done. See, there's a next generation, right? And Casey's going to need y'all to help, right? And all of us have, if not little babies, you can just be thankful, right? Some of us are doing that, right? Um, if not little babies, we have kids. We have coworkers. We have neighbors. We have friends. Half of our country has no relationship with God. Some of them don't want one. But some people out there really do, and they don't know where to start. And God says, well, I have all these people here. You. God has you. With your Sunday school education, with the Bible studies you've been in, with the devotional reading you do, with the times you come to worship and the things you learn. God has you, and you have enough. You have enough. You are enough to teach this generation about faith. And as I thought about this today, I started to get excited because we probably have like 150 people here and 150 people in the next service. And I started to think if all of us just spoke to one person, just shared our faith with one person, just offered to pray for one person, or invited one person to church, if all of us found that one person that we could teach something to, the kingdom of God in our area would double. Just one. And y'all, I know that that's scary, right? But is it as scary as sitting next to a teenage driver? Is it that scary? Or, or is it a little less scary, especially knowing that the Holy Spirit, God promises the Holy Spirit will be with you. So when you forget how to say the break is on the left, the Holy Spirit will be right there giving you those words. The break is on the left. You have learned the faith and are learning the faith. 
now you teach it. You teach it to a friend or a coworker or a child or a neighbor. You pray for them. You talk to them about your story. You invite them to church. That's how the world changes. That's how the faith is always spread. It's very democratic. So buckle up. Buckle up. Because God is calling you to teach the next generation about him. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you not only call us into relationship, but you send us out even today to be the teachers for this generation. Remind us when we're scared that you are always with us, that you will give us the right words, or just help us to sit and be if the words aren't the right thing to say. But create openings for each of us, for every person here, Create one opening this week for each of us to share a little bit about our faith with somebody who desperately needs to hear it. Help our eyes to see that chance when it comes and help our hearts to have the courage to take it and be with us as we share our faith, God. We ask this in your amazing name. Amen.